Hi, this is Jeff Kober with DisneyAtPlay.com, and we are glad to have you uh, today. We uh, am especially happy to have my uh, friend, colleague, and partner in crime on so many levels, David Zanola. How are you, David? Wearing your Imagineering hat, I may say, this looking so dapper there. Yes, welcome from uh, from Illinois, rainy, chilly Illinois. I like last night. I uh, decided that we were cause all the, all the social distancing. We're gonna try to cook some meals from home. So I put a ten pounds pork shoulder in the smoker. Woke up at six thirty this morning, pulled it out, and that bad boy is gonna be ready to eat later tonight. So uh, we are we are ready to go here at the Zanola household. Social distancing for David Zanola means nobody else gets to come to the barbecue. <laughs> Fantastic! It's the it's, it's the dream come true. He's he's been practicing this for years. Don't believe it. <laughs> At any rate, we, I'm glad to have you with us, David. We, uh, today we decided, uh, well, we thought we'd do a little series uh, with the whole coronavirus thing affecting the entire world over and realizing that there are so many people out there thinking about when their next trip at Disney. We thought we would run a little series of what we love about each of the Disney resorts and parks around the world. So we're going to do one resort a week. Um, uh, starting this week and we'll run six weeks and we're praying that by the end of six weeks where at least something around the world is open by then that people can take advantage of. Uh, but we're going to start kind of in the order. I think we're going to kind of go in the order of uh, things that closed first. So we're going to start at Shanghai Disneyland and both David and I have been there uh, multiple times. So we've had the, the real advantage and benefit and we realize some of you have and some some of you haven't been there. Uh, we've done an earlier podcast before, way, way back at the beginning, but that was kind of a little bit of an overview. I think this one is really uh, two fans talking about what they really, really love. And so if we could imagine going into Shanghai Disney today, what would be the things we would absolutely want to do and enjoy while we were there? So maybe it's a couple of things we haven't taken advantage of so far, um, but definitely many things that we have come to love over our our visits there so on that note let's uh back up and let's uh let's decide because you and i have both uh chosen to stay on property uh every time we have visited uh shanghai disney and we really recommend that and um i'm gonna start if well let's start with uh why don't you take on toy story hotel and share with us what you is that where you would stay next time you come, or is that what you love most, or is there something about it you love, or tell us tell us your thoughts on Toy Story? Yeah, so I think I like I like the feel of the Toy Story Hotel. Uh, the building is obviously in inside is very is not entirely um, overly designed in terms of a lot of touches, but when you go and do some exploring, you can find them. Uh, the bathroom signs are my favorite. I don't know if you ever noticed what the bathroom signs are at the hotel, but they're a, an Etch-a-Sketch. Um, and so that's a cool thing. We like to take pictures and of, of all those bathroom signs. I just think that's a cool little touch. I just like the proximity to the park. Uh, and obviously, traveling on a budget, uh, Toy Story Hotel is the one of their two hotels that's going to be the one that's lower on the budget line. But I love to be able to jump on that bus. And you can see the park from the hotel. 
It's not an easy walk. I mean, you could walk it if you wanted to, but it's not an extremely easy walk. So the bus is just going to be easier, especially because they'll take you in the back door entrance early in the morning. Um, one of the perks of staying in the Toy Story Hotel. But I just enjoy that it feels different than any of the hotels I've been at, at um, in, in Orlando or in Anaheim. In fact, it's probably akin amenity-wise to uh, the value resorts at Disney, Pop Century or the All-Stars. But uh, there are yeah. some neat touches in the in the in the elevator, uh, and you hear, sometimes hear the aliens announce what floor you're at. It's just a fun place <laughs> to be, and I'm somebody that whenever I go, I spend a bulk of my time in the parks, especially if I'm going overseas. I'm not going to go and just hang out for a couple of days in the hotel like that. If I were going to do that, I'd probably stay at the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, but for what the Toy Story Hotel is and the price point, uh, it's fantastic. I like the rooms. I think they're clean and they're colorful. I love the fact that the hotel kind of um, divides between kind of a Buzz Lightyear aesthetic and a Woody Roundup aesthetic. So you have these two different kind of contrasting color tones. And I'll show a picture. We'll have a notes page that was that goes with this that kind of celebrates uh, some of the things that we're talking about. I agree with you on the amenities. It it lacks therein. I've also stayed at the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, and but it was my first visit, and because of an impending hurricane, I wasn't able to stay more than two nights, which was very disappointing for me. So I look forward to going back and doing that resort again, largely because of the amenities. There's, uh, there's a really uh, wonderful Lumiere's kind of kitchen table service restaurant and a very upscale restaurant called Aurora. Um, both are really very impressive uh, restaurants. There's uh, this little uh, Bacchus Lounge, uh, which is really a great place to get maybe coffee and, um, and pastries. Uh, but in that lounge, they have this uh, uh, diorama from uh, Fantasia. And it's a, it's a big mural is what it is. And it stretches over this one space. And the mural is very much a replica of the mural that used to be at the Welch's Grape Stand in the original Fantasyland at Disneyland. And I, I, was, I was a sucker for grape juice at the Welch's Grape Stand. They used to have these little things where it, it would circulate the, the grape juice and it just looks so good. And I'm telling you, even in 1960s uh, dollars, the grape juice was expensive at Welch's uh, compared to just getting a soda or anything else. But, but, uh, but I'm always, it always reminds me of, of, that, uh, of that little stand in Fantasyland at Disneyland. At any rate, the hotel is beautiful. The, 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 and, and completely upscale in the Grand Floridian sense, although it doesn't take on that Victorian look. It takes takes on more of a look like the cruise line um, with uh, uh, more of that style, but it's it's just a great hotel and I definitely, and, and they, the prices are near never nearly, I don't know if you, you do a lot better job of pricing it, David, but just seems like the prices are never what they are compared to staying at the Grand Floridian at at, uh, at Walt Disney World or or at the Grand California. Would you agree on that? Or 
Yeah, I don't think that I don't think the price point is as high. I think where you notice a difference is the price point between Toy Story and and Shanghai Disney um, Land Hotel. But no, you're correct. I think if you wanted to stay deluxe at a Walt Disney World property, especially on the monorail line versus Shanghai, the the percentage uh, you know of of price increase over one of the others is seems much more drastic. Uh, but also, again, I think a lot of people are more willing to splurge if you're only going to go for a couple nights, where in Orlando, you're typically going to be there four, five, six nights or more. And so it's a lot easier to, to bite off that higher expense in Shanghai uh, than it would be in um, in Orlando. Yeah, I, I completely agree. By the way, there's also kind of a, for lack of better description, a 7-Eleven that sits on the shore of that hotel. Very clean, very well kept. It's a place where a lot of people go to just get some basic kind of groceries um, for their room. And it sits along Wishing Star Park, which is, there's a lagoon that kind of surrounds, it's not as big as uh, Seven Seas Lagoon, but there's a lagoon that separates that hotel from Shanghai Disney and, and from Disney Town. Disney Town is connected next door to Shanghai Disneyland. Um, and I tend to, to arrive, is this your experience, David? I tend to arrive toward evening when I'm taking um, flights from the mainland. Uh, has that been your experience or is well, it ours, where you end up first or is no, Shanghai we, where we, you end well, up last? The, the first time I went, yes, we went to Shanghai first, but the past couple of times we've done Hong Kong first. And so we actually typically I like to get there early in the morning if possible, just because then I can deal with delays. And if we get there early enough and we get checked in, because obviously that time to go through customs and immigration in when you're traveling internationally uh, is going to be a lot longer than if you were just traveling domestically. So we'll typically fly from Hong Kong to Shanghai. I mean, I like to get in Shanghai by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. It could take you two hours to get to your hotel by the time you go through customs, get transportation yeah. and everything, and then check in, dump your stuff off. You're going to have gotten up early, so you're going to be tired. Because ideally, I would love to be able to say, let's just get it. The, the park tickets are so much more affordable compared to, to the, the stateside parks that I would prefer to say, well, if I can get four extra hours in this park tonight, let's do it. Because then I don't feel like we have as much to do and I can be more relaxed um, the other days. But you are correct in that the food offerings, like there is no, uh, there's no convenience store type thing in the resorts like there would be uh, at, um, if you're if you're a frequent Walt Disney World visitor, you know, if you go to any of the resorts there, there's gonna be their little gift shop and they're going to have some various sundries, toiletries, snacks. You're going to pay an exorbitant price. You know, a bag of Fig Newtons is probably like eight or nine bucks. But at least you have that option. If you need something like that, that, that little 7-Eleven type store is really going to be your only option. For example, at the Toy Story Hotel, their little snack shop will have some pastries. Uh, it'll have some donuts, some Danish, some of that kind of stuff. And it will have a, a refrigerator that has... Uh, some bottled drinks, some bottled sodas and water and that kind of stuff, but it's not going to have the selection of snacks, prepackaged snacks that you would find. So having an option like that, and uh, you know, Tokyo has something very similar as well, uh, is 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 definitely a nice thing to have. Yeah, yeah. So um, so that's uh, now the reason I'm mentioning Disney Town is because I do tend to arrive again toward the end of the day. So I don't really care to do a whole ticket into the park because it's the end of the day. But I do enjoy going across to Disney Town to go grab an evening meal. 
Um, one of my favorite places, I know this sounds really uh, gringo of me, um, but I, I, you know, it's so funny because I seldom go to the Cheesecake Factory here in town. In fact, there's a new one near Walt Disney World. But, uh, but there's one that sits, there's a Wolfgang and a Cheesecake Factory that sits very adjacent uh, to the entrance to the central uh, plaza of the park. And uh, for those who don't who aren't aware, um, Disney Town um, runs kind of almost parallel to what is Mickey Avenue or their main street. So you kind of can enter on the one end outside the entrance, but then you can actually also enter an exit through another entrance that takes you right towards central, their central plaza area, or Gardens of Imagination. And so I've actually sat there in the evenings at Cheesecake Factory enjoying a meal, kind of getting, you know, kind of working my way into into a new country and just watch the fireworks from there. So it's kind of cool in that regard. Do you have any favorite restaurants or things you like to do at Disney Town? I don't actually, um, simply because, again, I, I think we're opposite in the way that I would, I would just rather go and get in the parks if I can or if it's late enough. I might just stay at the hotel because you do have to get up early because uh, even at the resorts, the buses are typically crowded. And I want to get a, since I'm only there for a couple days, I want to get in the parks early. So if I don't know that I'm going to have four hours or so in the park, I'm probably just going to stay at the hotel, grab something to eat there, and then get to bed, um, unpack, get to bed early, and, and get going. So I've actually only eaten at a couple of the places uh, at, at Disney Town. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say that I would like to do, and I need to spend more time in Shanghai to do it, is I never did see the Lion King show at mm. the at the theater there um it's now been changed out to the beauty and the beast show right i think i and i think i would like to see that um and and see that take place and that would be a great evening event as well to to enjoy if you you know on your first evening or maybe your last evening when you're um there at shanghai going toward the regular entrance of the park uh mickey avenue is there any parts of mickey avenue that you absolutely love and I know what your answer is going to be. You know what my answer is going to be? Yes, I do. Uh, what's my answer going to be? Your answer is going to be Club 33 because you always manage to get some get into Club 33 somehow. I do love Club 33, especially because of the view of the fireworks. There's like a private patio up there that's just perfect. And talk about, like, I don't know that anybody who's been to either of the stateside parks really can appreciate how ridiculously crowded it can be during fireworks time and so having that view but that's actually not what i was going to say okay. um, i enjoy walking around and looking at the details because yeah. it's so different from any of the other parks main street usa uh i mean it's it's the same reason that i love the world bazaar area uh in tokyo disneyland it's just so different right i could probably draw a map and label it now of the main streets in disneyland and walt and, and the magic kingdom uh, in Orlando and just having something different and looking at some of their shout outs to different things and some properties that aren't typically referenced or at least not as commonly that I just love walking around that area, especially because near the end of the night, everybody's already in the parks. And so that area is not very big and it's not very crowded. So it doesn't feel as congested as Main Street would be in the Magic Kingdom or in Disneyland Park um, at night. And so it doesn't feel as just uh, congested. Um, I, I completely agree. I, um, I, 
I need to do more. It, the the one thing I think I want to do more when I go back to Shanghai is just find a park bench, and take it all in, and just just experience it because uh, we could we could easily do and we probably will do um, a post or podcast or video or both or something of all of the details on Mickey Avenue alone and we could run a hundred images and not begin to touch what's on there the detailing uh, and the references to 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 Disney characters that you seldom have thought about um, uh, Johnny Appleseed and uh, and uh, the whale that's saying at the mat and you know just biz, you know very unique very different now yeah. I'll tell you another thing I love to do and I I tend to do this sometime midday maybe as I'm coming and going if I'm taking a break in the park I really love Remy's uh, patisserie. There are mm -hmm. some amazingly delicious um, uh, items on that menu. And to get a cold drink and to just sit on the patio and to kind of take it all in is one of those great places uh, to do that. So that's that's one of my preferences. Uh, do you tend to do your shopping more on Mickey Avenue or do you tend to go toward what is their World of Disney uh, store? I'll typically look in both, uh, and I, they haven't really seemed to adjust uh, the the offerings a ton. Uh, in like, and I've been there the three of the past four years, and I haven't. I, I think a lot of the merchandise is still very much the same, uh, but I will kind of just pop in. I'm more of a shopper where I don't shop all at once. If we're walking somewhere, especially in the summer, I might say, "Oh, let's pass through the shop," because then I'll look through. And if I see something, I might just grab it because I'll never want to remember where it is. Uh, but their Disney store is fantastic. And honestly, other than attraction-specific merchandise, uh, their their Disney store is fantastic and has a ton of stuff. And so that's typically my last night on the way out because the park typically closes earlier than I would be used to. You know, there's no extra magic hours, so it's open till midnight or anything. So if they close at 9 o'clock... That's plenty early for me to walk back and get back to the hotel quickly, so I'll spend a little yeah. bit of time um, there. There's a really cool souvenir. They have a right, so there's the, the the Chinese calendar with all the different animals, and uh, they have um, all those different animals done up as Disney characters. So the year of the rat is Remy, uh, and the year of um, uh, what are some of the other ones now? I can't forget. Well, the year of the rabbit is the rabbit is a uh, thumper, and so you can buy little Duffy bears and i know that mm -hmm. duffy is 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 very maligned in some areas in fact they're only really selling him in the international parks now uh, but uh, you can get a small stuffed version of him in all 12 of those chinese calendar characters and so that was a neat souvenir to bring back for my kids was to get them one in their costumes in his costume for each of those and so those are unique souvenirs that i like that are very uh distinctly whatever the foreign park is. So that's what my kids have. And so I'll just walk around and shop as I'm going through instead of making a special shopping time. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, moving into the gardens of imagination, I would say that um, this is the one land and you could consider it a land. It's the central hub, but it's so big, you almost have to consider it a land. It's probably the one place I've spent the most time, but spent the 
least amount of time in the mm. sense of really enjoying it. You're crossing through it all the time. You're using it to get from here to there, but you don't always take the time to really sit down and enjoy it. There are three things I would love to do that I have not yet done. Um, I have not eaten at the Wandering Moon restaurant. Have you? Oh, it's that really restaurant? good. It's very, very good. Yes. Is there a particular dish you recommend in that? Um, you know, I don't remember what it was, but it was, I'm, I'm a very picky eater, especially as an international traveler. Um, so I kind of stick with something beef or pork or chicken. Um, and, and I think that's what I had. I don't remember now. I did eat at it on my last trip. I'll have to see if I can pull up a menu um, while you're chatting. But no, I, I have eaten there. And that's a really nice, a nicely designed restaurant as well. Yeah, it is beautiful. And I have been inside and taken photos, but I haven't really taken the time to enjoy it. And I think for those who are wanting to try some, some um, a variety of different multiple cuisines uh, made available in China, that's a great place to kind of sample things and try things out. Um, then I would say the second thing is I have seen, but never have really boarded the Fantasia Carousel. And I think hmm. I'm missing some details that you go only get if you've actually gotten on the horses. On the, um, so I'm kind of looking toward that experience. Have you done the carousel? I have not. No, that's way, so, you know, when you, when you brought up the, that, that area in the park, the Gardens of Imagination, I, the first thing I thought of is it, I almost my how I tour parks almost works against me because early in the morning, I'm going to head back to the areas with the rides that I know will be long waits and get those things done. Mm. And then during the middle of the day, I'm like, well, let me walk back and take a break and I'll walk through the gardens of imagination. But when I travel to Shanghai, it's typically in the summer. And as you know, so the heat, hot. the heat is unforgiving. And there's not a lot of shade in those areas, even the area that watches the castle show. I mean, there are maybe three spots of shade and you have to get there early because all the locals know exactly where they are. And so I don't want to stop and I'm boiling hot. And so at that point I say, the park is huge. The park is massive. And mm -hmm. so by one, two o'clock in the afternoon, I just feel exhausted and disgusting. And so I say, I'm just going to go back to the hotel. So I leave. Well, then at the end of the night, when I get back, I say, ooh, rides for the or lines for the rides might be pretty short. And so I head back. So I other than the Garden of the Twelve Friends, which has the, the, the mosaic um, portraits of those characters that I mentioned for the for the 12 um, months of the year. Yeah, I really haven't spent a lot of time in there. And that's unfortunate because I don't think that a lot of people spend time there. And so, um, again, it's very rarely crowded except for fireworks time. The. Um... Uh, the third thing, I, and I don't know if you've seen this, I can't believe I haven't seen it. I, I think maybe they had a different show going on because it was the middle of summer. But I've yet to see the Golden Fairy Tale fanfare other than on video, the, the stage show during the day. Mm -hmm. Have you had a chance to see that? Yeah, and it's actually really cool to see because there, there's a hydraulic stage. And so stuff yes. comes up from underneath the stage. And so it's, I mean, it's just as... They want just as all out as they did with the castle. And so it's definitely, I mean, it's your typical Disney castle stage show, right? Let's, let's make as many nods as we can to, uh, um, to different Disney properties with some songs thrown in it, but it's definitely, it's neat to see just because it's so much different than any of the ones we have. I mean, I still love, uh, Mickey and the magical map and Mickey and the wondrous book at Hong Kong, 
But this is a really cool show in terms of castle stage shows. I like it much better than I do the one uh, in Orlando. Yeah, in terms of spectacle, it really steps beyond the one in Orlando. Um, now, I, I have to say, are there any things that, that you do love or that you do try to do when you're in that section of the park? Just walking through and taking a look at those those hand-placed um, mosaics of those 12 characters, I just think you're not going to find that in any other Disney park in the world. And that's just really cool um, for me to see. But that's typically where, as I'm, it's it's more as a as a passage through point for for me. So we will walk through there, grab a grab a Mickey bar or something along those lines. Um, so my next time, I hope to be able to just walk through and, and explore a little more intentionally. You know, um, I, I to that effect, the the Imagineering series on Disney Plus actually highlighted that and the artistry uh, that went into those mosaics and the ones in the castle. and um, So yeah, they are, they are beautiful pieces of art. I'll also mention, especially for Walt Disney World fans that don't get this, and it's, and it's the one place you get air conditioning for sure in Gardens of Imagination, is that there is a Marvel um, uh, experience, Marvel Universe experience, um, that it's hard to, it's almost like part of Tomorrowland, but it's actually off of Gardens of Imagination, but it's on the road kind of toward Tomorrowland. And I don't know if you've spent a lot of time there, but there's some really great exhibits and I got a chance to do a lot of great character uh, photos when I was in that pavilion, which you don't get to uh, do at Walt Disney World. Um, you do at Disneyland and Disney California Adventure and it's going to be even a bigger presence. But if you haven't had a chance to do it at Walt Disney World, it's a great place to do that. Um, Tomorrowland. So take me there, David. Tell me what, if you, if you went to Tomorrowland, what would be the thing you would have to do? You're actually, it's not going to be what you expect. Um, I would want to go to Tomorrowland at night mm. and I would want to just sit and I would want to just watch the Tron building and hear the coaster fly through and watch it change <laughs> colors. Please don't get me wrong. I love the Tron ride. It's an absolute blast. At the end of the day, it's a roller coaster, right? And for me, that that land, and I actually think that almost any Tomorrowland are the lands that look the best lit up at night. It's just so different, so unique, and I just love sitting down there and, like you said, grabbing a park bench. There's a walkway, so that pathway from Tomorrowland back towards um, back towards the Gardens of Imagination hub type area. There's a walkway there that's very rarely congested because by that point of the night, people are often getting to Tomorrowland coming from a counterclockwise position instead of clockwise. And so there, it's often not very busy. And it just, it feels like an entirely different land at night. Um, and if you play your cards right, you can go into, it's basically their cosmic rays. Um, food's much better than, than Stargazer. cosmic rays. Yeah, Stargazer. Um, but, yeah, if, if you play your cards right and the timing works, you can actually just grab a seat right in the window inside of there, sit in the air conditioning, and, and look grab up, something and to look eat out. and watch. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally get that. And I would I would add to that, um, if there's one attraction I do at night, it would be the jetpacks, if there wasn't too much of a crowd. Yeah. Because lifting up, you can not only see the beauty of Tomorrowland, you can actually see downtown Shanghai. Yeah. Um, from when you're up when you're up on the jetpacks is basically Orbitron or the Orbiter, um, Astro Orbiter uh, type spinner ride. Um, but actually, yeah, t uh, to the same effect that you just described, 
if there's one place I would spend less time in the park than any other, it would probably be Tomorrowland. Probably because Tron's already on its way to the Magic Kingdom. Mm. And so I can I could be patient to wait. Um, but but be, because it's also very hot during the day and the only time to really enjoy it is it is uh, evening. Take me uh, what it, I really struggle a little with Toy Story Land. Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, and I I say that because I feel it's with Slinky Dog Spin and Rex's Racer, it just seems so much like Hong Kong. Now, the good news is is that they do have a Woody's Roundup, which is comparable to um, uh, to um, the one Mater's Jamboree. Mater's Jamboree. Yeah, and the, uh, the alien, Marsh, alien saucers, saucers at, um, at our Toy Story Land. And we have a Toy Story Land, too. Is there anything, though, beyond that that really kind of stands out for you? No, actually, that's what I was hoping you were going to say. Is I, When you're comparing it, assuming that, that if you're listening to this, you're a stateside fan of the parks, and you've been to the Toy Story Land in Walt Disney World, there's no comparison, I don't think at all, in terms of design, in terms of attractions. So I pretty much just fly through this, and I know that sounds spoiled, and I totally understand that. Um, but uh, if I'm going to spend my time in that park, I'm really not going to spend it there. My kids, um, I've taken both of my boys with me in separate years, and they love getting, there's a pizza at the quick service restaurant that looks like an alien's head. Um, it's like a pineapple, ham, and olive pizza, and they obviously yeah. pick off the olives. Um, but that's kind of a fun. I, I really like some of the unique snacks there. Cafe, nothing, yeah. nothing like Tokyo. Um, but some definitely unique snacks there. Uh, and so that's pretty much what we stopped there. So we're, we're spending our time elsewhere. So, and elsewhere would probably be from Fantasia to, or I'm sorry, Fantasia, Fant- Fantasyland to Pirate's Cove to Adventure Isle. These are the three places I would really spend a lot more time in. Yeah. Um, in Fantasyland, I, I, I just got to start with the castle. It's, it is... And I recently, and I will put a link on the show notes page, recently we did a castle comparison across the world of all the different castles. This is the best castle in my view. Some people would agree, disagree on the aesthetic of the exterior and the paint covering, which paint color looks a lot like the one they're putting on Cinderella Castle now at the Magic Kingdom. Um, but I, But when you get in the castle, that's the cool thing because... I really love the um, uh, Once Upon a Time Adventure, which is an interactive exhibit that takes you through the storybook, uh, through the story of Snow White, and takes you up into the castle, several flights up. And uh, I think you and I are both together on that there is no better place, no better respite in the park than Royal Banquet Hall for just relaxing chilling and getting a great meal yeah well and 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 character um interaction too so Mm. if you're one of those completists that likes to meet the disney characters in different unique outfits um as as the the japanese and the the chinese do uh that's that's definitely a place it's expensive um and if you have somebody who's a picky eater um even especially children it might be tough to find things there but it's definitely neat no it's it's gorgeous it's one you can just walk around and explore. Uh, and in Fantasyland, actually, my favorite place to eat is the Tangled Tree Tavern. Uh, Tangled is really? my favorite. T- Tangled is my favorite um, Disney animated movie. 
and I don't think there's enough of that stuff in the park, and I just like having that that homage uh, to there, and it's just a unique, it's a quick service location. I'm also, I also try to be very frugal when I'm in the parks, which sounds silly because I go to the parks a lot, so you're saying, how can you be frugal? But I kind of make a budgetary decision of I would rather spend my money on quicker food and more tchotchkes or souvenirs to bring home or staying an extra night than I would um, a lot of sit-down meals. So I've been to the Royal Banquet Hall twice, um, but if I were going to spend my money in one or the other, my money would go to Tangled Tree Tavern. But if you're only ever going to go once, then yeah, the Royal Banquet Hall is a no-brainer. But so I love the Tangled is there Tree a Tavern. Favorite, is there a favorite dish that you like at, you know, is uh, the roasted chicken, the, the secret curry rice... It kind of basket. Is there anything that really stands out for you? Yeah, it kind of it kind of depends based on um, what they have at the time that I'm there. But I really like um, the beef. Uh, there's an Australian beef dish, and then I also like uh, the crispy pork with rice. Um, again, very. I mean, if you notice, like the kids' meals have roasted chicken and fish and chips. So not a ton of selections there for kids, but. Uh, it's also not ridiculously hot in terms of seasoning. And so um, it's just a good, I'm not saying it's the best meal you're ever going to have, but in terms of a, an environment that is very well designed to fit with the area, I that's that's almost where I'm going to put my, because you're going to get a chicken dish or a beef dish or a pork dish, no matter where you go. And so I just like to, to have it there because of the connection to, to Tangled. So... That's interesting you say that because I was so looking forward to the Tangled restaurant when I first went there and it was kind of disappointing it disappointed it wasn't more thematically laid out. Mm. I, I just felt like it was a little lacking. On the other hand, I think that Pinocchio's Village Kitchen oh, yeah. is a terrific place and it's got if nothing else, you've got um you've got uh Mickey shaped pizzas. And there's this roasted duck pizza that is terrific. It's just a great little dish, and and any kid will eat this pizza, um, I think. So, um, and there's some other specialty um, kids meal uh, options they have in that um, in that restaurant. So I really quite like um, I quite like that, and I love the detail and the th theming. Uh, the, there you have to walk around it's kind of in a, it's just like four different rooms and then there's a, a courtyard in the middle it's a very uh, involved layout um, okay let's go to attractions um, what what attraction are you saying boy I miss seeing that or I want to really see that more one of my favorite rides growing up and still to this day that's just a quintessential Disney dark ride in the Orlando parks is Peter Pan's Flight. And they basically have just redone that and have updated. Feels very, very similar, but uh, the way they have updated it is just top notch. And in fact, more than that, um, I like walking through Fantasyland because of the soundtrack. They did all new music for this mm. park, and I think it sounds very... So there's Disney music playing, where in the Orlando parks, I don't believe you get the music they're playing. It's very music that you might hear by troubadours and that kind of stuff. Well, it's but, usually driven by the calliope of the carousel, but here in this land, the, the or here in this park, carousel is way in the front yes. in Gardens of Imagination, so it's not the driver... Of, of the audio track for for that and there's no small world humming nearby so 
So between those two things, it is a very different uh, audio track. Yeah, so it's it's just really neat to to, to walk through because it's it's not huge. I mean, it, Fantasyland is big, but there's like a main drag in Fantasyland um, that you can walk past that has. Uh, there's a shop there that, assuming the machine is working, you can actually get uh, your name written um, in Chinese characters on the back of your ear hat. It's almost always broken. It's only been open one out of my three trips. Uh, but that's kind of a neat store there. And yeah, so cute little, I just enjoy walking through that area. Cute little store. Um, I, there are two th- a couple of things I would like to see again that I've been in, but I feel like I can never get enough of. And one is, um, and, and so you understand that you don't have a central courtyard with Fantasyland that emanates from there. Rather, you have this, attraction in the middle that's like having the jungle cruise and you walk around it so it's almost a circular world showcase walk around in fantasy land but in the middle is um in the middle is voyage to the crystal grotto and i love the fountains mm-hmm. and everything but i really love the grotto and i feel like I, ha- I haven't seen enough of the theming and the details and the little things of the grotto which by the way is also under the castle that's why i keep saying this is an amazing castle because here you have a grotto underneath, and then you have this big show in the front of the park, and then you have a beautiful, beautiful shop in there. You have a Bibbidi Bobbidi boutique. You have an incredible restaurant. You have this Snow White attraction, and then fireworks above it. I mean, there's so many. Every layer of this castle has got some job to perform. It's very cool. But anyway, the other thing I would say that I really need to take in more of the details is the Alice in Wonderland maze. Hmm. I'm not as big a fan of that version as I am of the original Alice in Wonderland, but still there's a lot to dig into when you're, and I think I'd, it's one of those where you want to see the movie before you go through that attraction to make sure that you, you're catching everything um, yeah, as you the, walk through it. Yeah, I know. I think that's a good point. And this is one of the things. So again, I've probably spent... I mean, maybe eight or nine days total in the park so far mm-hmm. um, over our three trips. And there are still things, which I think is a testament to how, how large it is, that there are still stuff that I don't feel like I've either spent enough time at or that I haven't seen at all. I did finally do the maze this last year with my my, my middle child um, that I brought with. And we did it. But again, it's one of those I, I, I don't know that I can emphasize because square miles wise, you know, I don't know how big it is. Um, but the, the park is just, it's larger than you expect. It almost tricks you because you walk in and Mickey (laughs) Avenue, Mickey Avenue is very small, but I think you put it well when it first opened, Jeff, I remember you, I still remember you saying that it's almost like you have to treat it as two different parks on different sides. One, one day, one another because of how wide spanning it is. And because of the heat, if you're visiting in the summer, it is very difficult to do op- even for the most veteran of Disney park tours to go open to close in the summer months at Shanghai Disneyland. It, it's just, it's just not a thing. Um, and so it, it's, it's definitely a, a trick. And so to, by the time to, it's to like, that effect, well, let me just say to walk from Pirates of the Caribbean to Tron or to walk from the fountain in front of the entrance of the park, all the way back to, um, the Tangled restaurant. So to, to walk either direction in the, the length, you might as well be walking from Spaceship Earth all the way to the back of World Showcase. It's yeah. that long. 
Yeah, right. And and there's not a lot because you can tell that they've set so much aside for expansion, right? All that open space that it's not like there's a lot of things in the middle. If we were to map that and say, what kind of things do you pass on the way from Spaceship Earth to American Adventure? Tons and tons of things that stop you on the way that you can take a break, mm. you can go inside of a shop. And so the maze, we didn't do until this last time because again, it's that middle area of the park that I'm typically not in except for the afternoon. And in the afternoon, I'm just disgustingly hot and, uh, and tired, and I'm just ready for a break. So to no fault but my own, um, we haven't spent a lot of time there. So that's something our next time that I hope to do when I get to bring my daughter. Another thing that I would rec- another movie I would recommend you see, or a set of movies I would recommend you see before you go to visit Shanghai Disney is all of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, because that Treasure Cove is really based on those Pirates of the Caribbean films, not on the theme park attraction that we enjoy at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, but on the Captain Sparrow um, experience. And again, there is so much to explore and discover in this land. Lots of very funny, very cute details. Um, Just in the queue, for Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for Sunken Treasure. And we might as well just jump to the reality here. If there was one thing we would not only, if we only had a choice of one thing we could do on this visit to Shanghai Disney, it would be this attraction. Would you Absolutely. agree? Absolutely. Yep. And yeah, no, no question. And we, and, and if we were going to spend two or three days seeing the parks or two and a half days or whatever, we'd be seeing it three, four, five times before we left that that place, which is fortunate because somehow the Chinese have not yet figured out that this is really the most amazing attraction in the world, let alone in their park. Um, they, you know, they see they see outside uh, attractions like Toy Story or the Carousel or Dumbo, and they'll wait in line for an hour and a half to go ride Dumbo when they have no idea that here is this most amazing I, I assume that maybe the word is getting out because we're now coming in on four or five years of being open but but it is it is truly an amazing attraction yeah it's spectacular it's one of those i mean if if anybody listening has ridden rise of the resistance in orlando the most common response you have from people uh, or i guess it's in it's in anaheim now too uh, but the most common response somebody says is I have no words how to describe Rise of the Resistance and exactly how amazing it is. And I know amazing is an overused word, but that's that's a very similar sentiment for pirates. It's really hard to describe just how different it is and how spectacular it is. Massive, massive show building, uh, uh, an experience that's really immersive in ways you don't quite expect. And I think on my first trip, I was there three days, I think. And I think I passed 12 or 13 rides um, because the Chinese uh, operations have also not figured out yet uh, that the, the locals don't don't necessarily know uh, how to take advantage of single rider lines yet. They just don't understand the necessity of them and how those can be leveraged. And so when I was riding, I was by myself in the park for a couple of days. 
I would just almost lap. I mean, I would see the same people in line a couple times because I'd get off, <laughs> I'd walk around, I'd go in the single rider line. Yeah. And I also don't know that it's it was a family experience in its early days. There might not have been as many solo travelers that would care to use that. And so I understand why it's not crowded. But I guess what I'm saying is, is take advantage of that if you're there and you don't mind getting split up because you can triple your ride ability uh, if you take advantage of the single rider line. Have, um, have you ever done Explorer Canoes? Yeah, uh, it was closed. Closed one of my trip. Closed two of my trips. Open the other, but I did definitely. In fact, the year that it was open in one, it seemed like it was not open in Tokyo because Tokyo basically has the same thing, right? Um, and so uh, in Tokyo Disneyland, so I was able to ride it in one and not the other, but never both in the same year. Just a cool experience that you don't get here in the stateside parks. Oh, I love canoeing, and I love the one in Tokyo. Not a, as big a fan on this one, but again, I think if you hit it the right time of day, when you when you're not when you don't have the heat on you, there isn't a whole lot to see other than the general ambiance of, right. of the lands around you. Um, here's one one thing I would do if I were to the, another thing I have to see um, when I return to uh, Pirates Cove because I just think it's it's. It's outstanding, and that is the Eye of the Storm Captain Jack Stunt Spectacular. Oh, yeah. I, I think I would see if guest relations had some way of hearing that show or hearing it out in English, you know, if there was some kind of tape you could play or something. Because it's really, there is a lot of dialogue in Chinese, and you kind of feel like you're kind of missing something. Um, it's actually It's actually completely in Mandarin. There's not a word of right. English other than if you right. hear, it, you know, if, if you can tell Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and that's one of those things that unless you're fluent or have somebody with you that's fluent that can translate, my best advice for that is you show up right before showtime because the, basically the real good stuff is once you're in the theater itself, there's a little pre-show area where a lot of dialogue a very and like involved stuff pre-show, happens. A very involved right. pre-show that happens on the balcony. But again, it's all in Mandarin. Um but all that said and done, again, don't miss things like Siren's Revenge or Shipwreck Shore. There's a lot of interactive places to kind of explore and romp around. And those are just really great. Uh, Barbosa's Bounty. I've, I've not enjoyed a meal there, but I have gotten a snack and just enjoyed the view of the pirates. Um, I think I've gotten a drink or something there and just enjoyed the view because it's a counter service restaurant, but it overlooks... Um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean the same way that that um, uh, Blue the Bayou. Blue Bayou does, but okay. but again, it, it ain't the Blue Bayou. <laughs> no, it's a it's that. a it's a it's a quick service restaurant primarily serving American barbecue type food. Um, so if you have a barbecue place anywhere near you, the food's going to be better. But it's kind of one of those examples of you're there. It's like a character dining in Walt Disney World. A lot of times that food isn't the best. You're there for the experience. That's kind of what Barbosa's Bounty is like. It's a good place. It's rarely crowded. Uh, and so it's a good place to go in, get out of the air condition or get out of the heat, get into the air conditioning, get something small to eat, even if you just buy a bottle of water or something like that um, and sit down and just enjoy the boats going through. It's it's pretty neat. I, I kind of do the same thing with Tribal Table. I, I don't think I've ever eaten have you ever eaten at Tribal Table in Adventure Isle? Uh, it's kind it, of Chinese Western service. There's there things like chicken. Um, I don't believe so. In fact, they, that's where they serve the turkey legs, but they also serve soft tacos. 
Um, oh no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever. Here's eaten. what I do in that restaurant: is I always go to it to get a, get something. You know, they have those exotic drinks with the, uh, the boba pearls or whatever, in right. it. And I'll go and get a, a specialty drink there, um, non-alcoholic drink that they'll they'll serve there. So I kind of like that. Um, I have not done the rapids. They have been closed every time I have been there. Um, have you had that opportunity? I did, and it's not it's not anything as thrilling as Kali River Rapids. You really hardly get wet. No, not at all. Because I, I mean, don't think Kali is that great. No, it feels like it should be, but there's not. I mean, there's you're not going to get soaked at all. In Kali River Rapids, you can get drenched. I didn't experience that. Maybe it was just an off day. My shoes got wet, but that was about it. Um, the animatronic, you know, dragon kind of thing, dinosaur kind of thing uh-huh. is, is definitely neat to see. Um, but it's not it's not something that I would wait a long time in line for. That's that's very interesting. Now, um, and, and nor would I spend time in line for Soren, which is essentially the same attraction, but you end up in Shanghai at the at the end. If I'm going to Shanghai, I'm probably going to Tokyo. Um during my visit and with the new um with the new soren attraction they have at tokyo disney sea i would spend my uh unending time because you're going to spend a lot of time <laughs> waiting in line for that soren attraction uh then i would um then i would doing that here yeah you agreed on that yes um now camp discovery Next to Pirates of the Caribbean, this is my favorite, is this entire ropes course that comes over a mountain. It uh, They're putting a harness on you, so if you've done that similar kind of thing uh, at Kilimanjaro Safaris where they kind of take you over the crocodile area and over the, the hippo area, this is kind of along that line. But while there aren't any live animals in this one, this one makes that one look silly over it over at animal kingdom because this one is very involved this one gives you options for an easy medium or more sophisticated one by the way if you don't want to do it at all or if you don't want to wait the line it's the first thing i would do in the morning is get in line for this because the time it takes to get everybody into their gear the line it's just a very slow moving line you got to put your stuff in a locker and it's it gets very involved However, there is just a trail that kind of winds up through the mountain on the backside. And if you just don't want to take the time or you don't have the time, um, you're only spending a day at Shanghai, you could do that as well. But it is really quite thrilling. And it's a very legitimate, very involved, um, multi-level ropes course. Yeah, it's definitely. I've I did it the very first year, and I've come down with uh, some really bad shoulders since. And so um, that, as well as being a diabetic that wears an insulin pump, and them not always understanding that I can't take my insulin pump off because they make you take everything, empty your uh. pockets, you can't bring your phones. It's just something that I've done once, and so I don't do again. But I've sent my kids uh, with other people in my group the last couple times, and it's actually uh-huh. cooler for me because then I get you to take, take my camera and walk around and get photos of them, which you're not going to get if you're going on the obstacle course itself. Yeah, um, so you have no, to go it's, on that It's trail. absolutely stunning. Yeah. That's a really great idea is that whoever doesn't want to do it, let them go on the trail and take photos of the others. That's a great idea. Also, yep. um, 
Tarzan, besides the fact that it's in air conditioning, it's just, it's a really solid show. And uh, I've enjoyed seeing that as well. Any thoughts on that? That is the place where I typically end up that I always fall asleep. That's my, uh, that, that's my, that's my that's nap. And it's not presidents. on purpose. It, well, it's not on purpose. It's just, it's hot, as I've mentioned 70,000 times. It's, you put me in a cushioned seat, turn down the lights, in air conditioning, and you could put Back to the Future on and I'd probably fall asleep. So um, it's just, uh, it's it's tough. But no, it's, it's, fan, it's fantastic. I mean, it's basically akin to Cirque du Soleil in terms of what those acrobats can do. Yeah. Yeah, it it really is. It's a very uniquely designed show. It's it's true to Chinese acrobatic uh, performances, but it's all themed to Tarzan and the yeah. music, and it's just very very cool. Did we miss anything of Shanghai Disney? I think we did a pretty good job covering it. Yeah, I think I'm just looking forward to. I was supposed to um, take a group in June, and with all this uh, coronavirus stuff, we canceled that and moved it to next year. But I was really looking forward to spending more time just kind of walking around. And that's one of my favorite things now. And again, I know that sounds spoiled. But there are days in, in Orlando, if I'm in the parks, that I might only go on one ride in a day. And since this this park is not does not have 50 attractions, it's nice to be able to just say, I'm kind of kind of take a couple hours and I'm going to do two days instead of one so that I can spend some time just walking around because it's so different from anything in any other park in the world you're going to experience that the things I regret the most about, Oh, I didn't see that. Or, Oh, I missed that are those little things. It's not a ride. Um, I love the restaurants. In fact, I think there are so many quick serviced restaurants that I actually don't think I have enough time. I mean, two meals a day being there for, for two days, that's not enough to try. As, as you mentioned, you've never even been in wandering moon. And so I, I really regret that there's not more time to do those restaurants because yeah. there's some that I haven't been in or I've only been in once because there's a place, uh, Jeff, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but there's a place right off of Mickey Avenue that's a little eatery. Let me look it up here. Um, Mickey and Pal's Market Cafe, uh, which is very old school animation uh, yep. stuff. Yeah, been there several and times. It's got a bunch of unique variety of things. You're going to have your 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 quintessential, um, you know, uh, Chinese cuisine. You'll also have some American type stuff if you're not an adventurous eater. But that's a place that I like to go as well. And so all those it's places. Almost, yeah, it's almost like, um, you know, when you go to a mall and you've got, um, uh, what do you call it in the mall where you have lots of different restaurants? A food court. Food court. It's almost yeah. Shanghai Disney's food court. But it's got all these different kinds of rooms and more Disney details and characters um, that it, it's just very, it's a very good, and it's very central uh, to the yes. center of the park. So that's a yes. great choice. Um, I've done a couple of meals there. Done. Uh, you're right. You, there's a lot of meals, more stuff that I really would like to try out in Disney Town that I haven't tried out yet, simply because I haven't tried everything that I really want to try out in the park. Um, yeah, and uh, and uh, David, I would say if any of our listeners are interested in doing Shanghai, please reach out to me, and I'll get you in contact with David because um, you had a full complement. You had a full group of people ready to go. Of course, with the the virus, it's not it's not materialized because because of uh, travel restrictions and so forth, but. 
but you know what? That's going to change and that's going to go away and you're going to want to take advantage of this. In fact, who knows? Within, within a few weeks, it may be the only park <laughs> in the yeah. world to, to reopen. So, so who knows? Who knows which one's going to be first? But, um, but definitely, uh, I, I, I don't think you've seen the, the breadth and depth of what Disney Imagineering has really done until you have seen both Shanghai Disney um, and, and Tokyo Disney. Um, agreed? Yes. Oh, no, yeah. It's, 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 but, it, but it's, also, it's also different. Like, Tokyo Disney Sea is my favorite park, and that's a park that I could walk around and never step on a single ride. Now, I'd like to go on a couple there. Um, obviously, you know which my first, my, my, my first stop would be Sinbad. Um, but Aha! that, but that's a park that I just kind of want to explore and I'm totally fine going for a day, not going on any ride. Shanghai, I would like to spend half of my day walking around and doing some rides. And I don't know that Shanghai is mature enough, um, to really be just a, a an exploration only type park, but I think it's on its way. I would assume, you know, once Utopia land opens, um, and you know that there's got to be a couple more expansions coming after that. There's just too much empty land there to not use that. I think, you know, what Tokyo, let's see, what is Tokyo Disney Sea opened up in 2000 and 83. What is it? 2001, 2001, I think. Tokyo Disney um, Sea or two or yeah. Disneyland. Disney Tokyo sea Disney Sea 2001. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, it's been open for, you know, 18, 19 years now. They've had a chance for that park to mature. And I think when we're 10 years down the road, Shanghai Disneyland is going to look totally different, but is going to have a lot more of that immersiveness that they don't have right now. So, yeah, I mean, it is it's absolutely on the top of my list of the of the foreign parks um, of the non-U.S. parks. I just I, I love spending time there. And when you take them there, you also see. Uh, Shanghai and other places. So what, what's the overview of that? So we, um, a lot of that kind of changes depending on what's going on in the world at that time. But we try, if we can, uh, to spend time and actually tour the city as well. But basically my program is uh, we get to Hong Kong. We try to tour Hong Kong for a little bit, like for a half a day or so, do a day or a day and a half in Hong Kong Disneyland fly to Shanghai, do two days in the parks there, fly to Tokyo, tour Tokyo for a day, do four days in the Tokyo parks and come home. So uh, in just about 12 days uh, with a couple travel days on each end, you can end up knocking out all four of the Asian parks, uh, Hong Kong, Shanghai, and both in Tokyo in one fell swoop. And you know, if you're, if you're like me, you've traveled so many different places and travel, you know, it's just something you do. You're in you know, go go do it on yourself by yourself but if this is something that you're just saying well this seems this seems a lot to take in how do i do that how do i manage passports and visas and all that kind of thing by all means this is the kind of group you want to go with um because david's groups are um uh so friendly toward those who want to really experience all things china but especially you know all things Disney, and and so this is really great and a price point that is so below what you're going to get with Adventures by Disney. They're the ABD programming, which sometimes they don't even bother with things like Tokyo Disney. That's an add-on or something. So 
So definitely, if you're looking to do that, um, yeah, consider that. We uh, hopefully will have a chance in the weeks to come to talk about Hong Kong and Tokyo Disney. But in the meantime, David, thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts and feelings uh, of all things here at Shanghai Disney. Thank you for having me join you. Stay safe. Right. Well, thanks for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. And I especially appreciate my friend and colleague, David Zanola, for joining us. If you're listening to us, you undoubtedly have a love of all things Disney. Don't you wish you could bring back the magic to your own life, to your own place? Well, that's what we do at DisneyAtPlay.com and DisneyAtWork.com, where there we bring you best in business ideas from the happiest place on earth to you and your workplace. We bring those concepts to you via our posts, podcasts, videos, books, consulting, and programs, and more. So please, reach out. Seek us out. We have so much to share with you. We thank you for joining us for this week's show. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. Please subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel. And uh, make sure that you share this podcast, as well as others, with your friends and colleagues. We want to share the word and anything that you can do to give us maybe a, a good rating on iTunes or maybe a friendly review would be so greatly appreciated so we can get the word out to more. And finally, in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, be sure always to follow the compass of your heart. Thanks everyone and have a great day.